good stuff. So we're talking about the kingdom. We've been talking about the kingdom for several weeks. And today I want to talk to you about using the keys, the kingdom keys. I want to talk to you about using the keys. I'm hoping you're going to get a, a real breakthrough in your mind today and just experience something that'll unlock for you how incredibly blessed you are, right? So where the kingdom is embraced, there is a community being built, the church. Where the kingdom is embraced, a community is built called the church, a group of people, a called out group of people that are called out to advance the eternal purpose of God in the earth. So where the kingdom message is embraced, a community gather around that message for the purpose of filling the earth with the revelation of the kingdom of God. Church, it's the word ecclesia. It's two words. It's called and it's out. But it's plural. It's called out ones. It's called out. It's people that are called out. It's not a called out individual, but God is calling out, specifically calling out a group of people, his gathering, his cabinet. I say his cabinet because they understood this word. Jesus took a word from their culture. He took a word from, from the empire that they were in. Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. But Jesus is saying, I am Lord. He preached the kingdom. There's a new king. I am king. And he took from the, the governing style of Caesar. Caesar had from the group of people, from the senators, he would pick out a cabinet. And these were called out people. These were not, these were not elected, but they're people that Caesar himself called out and says, I want to govern with you. I want to share my authority with you. I want to set you in significant places and together with you, I want to manifest the reign and my lordship in the earth. So Jesus was sharing with them something that they understood, something that they were under, something that annoyed them, but something they knew. You know Caesar is Lord, but I'm telling you, I am Lord. Jesus is Lord. And you know Caesar has a cabinet. Well, I want to tell you, you're not my servants. You're my cabinet. You're, you're not people who are just here to serve me, but you're together going to reign and rule with me. To those who receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, he gives them the right to reign in life. And so he's looking for kings. He's a king maker, and he's raising up a group of people to govern with him right now. So who's governing the earth right now? The rightful government of earth is people under his lordship. It's the kingdom. It's the ecclesia of God. People called out and brought in line with the revelation he is king, and his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his kingdom is enforced right now, and is to be enforced everywhere in the earth. Wow, there's, there's people in the room. Acts 2, 1 to 4, boom. That's when the, the church got its start. Right there, the Pentecost came, fire came, and it didn't come on a person. It came on a body of people. A corporate body was born to begin right now. And this was the eternal purpose of God, that Jesus the King would call out a body and fill the earth with that body. So it's the church. It's the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. It's the royal priesthood. It's the holy nation. It is a people who are going to forward and advance his purpose in the earth. In Acts 2, it says, and the Lord added to his group. No, it says, then the Lord added to the church. Like when people came to Jesus, when they accepted the kingdom message, see, the good news wasn't Jesus. The good news was there's a kingdom, a new kingdom, and it's yours. The good news is there's a gift of the kingdom given to you. There's an authority and a power to reign and rule in life. The good news is that you get Jesus, and that guy will let you go to heaven. The good news is Jesus came and brought a kingdom, and he's giving it to you. It's the gift of the Father to everyone. It's my good pleasure, little children, to give to you the kingdom. 
The good news isn't hang on to your flock until we get out of here. The good news is you now have been brought into. You're children of God. You're part of the, he's the king of kings and you are here to reign and rule in life and manifest all the power and the glory of the kingdom of heaven. Now that's good news. And besides that, eternal life is thrown in. Hallelujah. Oh my, I feel it so good. I got to move on. Ephesians 1, Ephesians all about, if you want to read beginnings, read Ephesians. It's way before Genesis. It's all about the eternal purpose of God. Ephesians 1, he put all things under his feet and he appointed him as the universal and supreme head of universe. No, the supreme head of his church. It says a headship that is exercised, his reign is rule, the source of every blessing. The headship is exercised through Jesus. No, it's not. It's exercised through the church his shared governing body and the government shall be upon his shoulders take my yoke upon you the government shall be upon his shoulders it's us yoked with him manifesting his power and his glory in the earth hey hey his headship ephesians 3 21 to him be glory in the world it says to him be glory in the church and then through the church the glory fills the earth christ in you is plural it's christ in you is the hope of the glory filling the earth it's when the church when the called out ones when they align themselves with the revelation of the kingdom and who they are and their identity then through them flows a river out of your belly of living water that's going to transform the face of the world church is not closed it's very much alive it's very powerful it's very open we're not cowering in the corner somewhere but we are alive and well and enforcing the reign of the kingdom right now to him be glory in the church by christ jesus to all generations when how long forever and ever Oh man, so the church isn't even a temporal purpose until he comes. The called out community is an eternal community that forever and ever the church is going to be a vehicle through which he reigns even in eternity. So get used to it right now. Some people are going to have to have a crash course on who they are when they get there. But you don't have to. You can reign and rule now. You can manifest your kingship now. Hey. Hey, Henry's son said, what's that guy shouting so much for? Last week they're watching on TV. How come he's shouting so much? I said, because my wife can't hear. She, she needs to. Oh, that was hard, wasn't it? All right, Psalm 110. I mean, there's, I mean I'm, just, I'm just giving you snapshots of how wonderful this stuff is. But Psalm 110 says, The Lord said to my Lord, He said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And the Lord shall send the rod of his strength where? Out of Zion. If you study Zion and you understand wherever Zion shows up, Hebrews, you see, if, if it comes through the cross and we have the New Testament interpreting the Old Testament, we know what it is. See, I can tell you and I can interpret, say what you think, what I think it means, but it's better when the Bible interprets the Bible. And if the Bible interprets the Bible, that's way better than me trying to tell you something. But Hebrews interprets Zion as the heavenly Jerusalem. What is the heavenly Jerusalem? It says the heavenly Jerusalem is the church. That's us, folks. That's us. So where is he going to reign and rule? Jesus. It's, it's a prophecy about Jesus being seated at the right hand of his father, that he's now going to exercise his authority in the earth. He sat down. I'm done. 
You sit down when I'm done, I'm finished. You sit down. He sat down. We're seated with him. And from that place of absolute rest, we're exercising authority over everything that does not align itself with the kingdom. So that's what that's all about right there. Your strength shall come out of Zion and you will rule in the midst of your enemies. Now, if you rule in the midst of your enemies, that can't be a millennial thing. That can't be some kind of future thing. That can't be an eternity because in eternity, there's no enemies to rule in the midst of. So where are we going to rule right now? In the midst of our enemies, we're going to manifest the power of God and we're going to make the enemies our footstools because he will soon crush Satan where? Underneath your feet. It's time for us to reign and rule, folks. Tell your neighbor, come on, King Charlie, get with it. Hello. All right, Jesus had spent his whole ministry teaching on the kingdom, teaching and manifesting the kingdom. Now, after three years of teaching, he's about to turn towards Jerusalem. He's about to do the final quest, go to the cross, once and for all set us free from the power of sin, darkness, hell, the devil, boom, death in the grave. He's about to turn. He's like, all right, boom. So he stops. He says, guys, all right, I want to ask you, who do men say that I am? So right here after he taught kingdom, 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 he said, now there's an important transition going to take place because when I'm gone, I got to leave behind a community and I got to leave behind some called out ones. I'm looking for some cabinet members and looking for some people who are going to govern with me and bring the glory of God into the earth. And this is very important because if you're going to be my cabinet member, I need you to answer a question. Who do men say that I am? And they said, you know, maybe you're some reincarnation of one of the prophets, blah, blah, blah. But then he pressed them and he said, who do you say that I am? So that's where we are. We're in Matthew chapter 16. So let me read it for you. Matthew chapter 16. It's, I love it. It says, and this is from the message. It, it says, he pressed them. He pressed them. He said, like, they're talking to you. Well, yeah, that guy thought you were Elijah. Remember that other guy thought he might be Jeremiah? Yeah, and there was a, another guy, Jesus. I said, oh, shh. And he pressed them. He said, pay attention. Who do you say that I am? And when he pressed them and he said that, who do you say that I am? What do you say? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Not the Son of God, but the Son of the living God. Because they were in a place of idolatry. They're, they're right there in uh, uh, Caesarea Philippi. And right there, they were around all these idols and things, a bunch of old dead gods. But he said, you are the Son of the living God. The living God. So here he is. He says, that's who you are. And Jesus just lost it right there. He said, whoa, oh my goodness, this is it. Yes, I can head towards the cross. I can head towards redemption. I can head towards releasing a community in the earth because a man got a God thought. A man hooked up with heaven. A man engaged the heavenly realm. And instead of thinking out of his senses and what he could see and dominated by everything around him, a man had a thought directly from heaven, not taught by anybody else. He didn't get it anywhere else himself. He didn't get it from anyone. It wasn't from a teaching on TV. It wasn't from a podcast. It wasn't from a YouTube site. He himself accessed heaven. He linked up with the Father himself. A man had a thought directly from God. Active, powerful, present revelation. And see, when Jesus saw that, he said, yes, I can unpack the rest of it now. Yes, on this is what I'm going to build my church. Peter, he says, you are pebble, but you shall be Petra. You are Petros, but you shall be Petra. You might be a little pebble in the whole scheme of things, but through the revelation, through what you just did, through that access to heaven that you just exercised, I'm going to establish the foundation of my called out ones, my ecclesia. 
my cabinet, my government in the earth. Hey! I know you got to stay in your circle, but you know, you're allowed to jump up and down, stand on your chair and go, woohoo! You don't have to, I know. All right, thank you for that leg kick. That was lovely. All right, very good. All right. He said, she said, you get it. You didn't get it from a book. You didn't even get it from a teacher. You had a direct download. See, that's what we're equipping you to do. That's what fivefold ministry is about. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. See, we're not here to, hey, come back and I'll give you another lesson about your little world. Come back and I'll give you a little history and a story about Jesus. And I'll, we'll, we'll pray about your little problems. And come back next week for another little story on how you can do better. That's not what we're here for. What we're here for is to equip you to have a personal connection with God. Not to equip you to have a personal connection with me. Your personal connection with equipping ministries are to equip you for works of ministry. Hey, everybody, join my ministry. Everybody, be a part of my No, my ministry is to serve you. My ministry is to equip you. My ministry is just to say, Jesus, Fred, Fred, Jesus. He wants to talk to you every day. He wants to lead you and guide you every day. He wants to pour himself into you every day. He wants to reveal to you how much of a son and daughter you are and how proud he is of you, how much he loves you and how much he delights in you and how much he's pouring his favor upon your life. Fred, Jesus, Jesus, Fred. And I want to point to Jesus every day. I don't want to point to me. I want to point to him. I want to equip you to grow in your understanding of who you are. Because my sheep hear my voice. They follow the pastor. Hallelujah. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. They follow Jesus. And that's what we're equipping you to do. Can you get it? Can I get another amen? My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on the secret of who you really are, of who I really am. Of who, he did both. He said who he is and who I am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are, Peter, a rock. And on this rock, I'm going to put together my government. I'm going to put together my called out ones. Listen, folks, here's the beautiful thing. I mean, in their government, the Senate got voted in and a few people got picked. But in the government of God, you're all chosen. In the government of God, every one of you are cabinet members. In the government of God, there's not like this tiered system. Every single one of us have joint seating on the throne with Jesus. There's not a front row and a back row. There's just one place. It's united and joined and in union with Christ, every one of us kings and queens walking in the fullness of God. That's why we started this whole series off with saying, we want to deliver you from a mindset of not being who you are. We're tired of seeing princes walking. We want to see princes up on their horses, dominating their circumstances and their world. And so we got to teach the body of Christ to do that. But you are walking in firsthand revelation yourself as a child of God. So, Father, let you in on it himself. This is the rock in which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. So the gates of hell are not advancing. The gates of hell are binding themselves in. They're, they're, they're trying to strengthen the gates. They're like, look out, there's people getting the message. Strengthen the gates. But you know what? No matter what defensive posture they're in, they cannot withstand the advance of the people of God. 
and we're going to go into places where people are head captive and people are hindered and people are in bondage and those gates can't keep us out. We're going to go in and we're going to kick them down and we're going to announce to each and every captive, you don't have to be pwned no more. You don't have to be bound no more. I got good news. The kingdom of God has come and it's a gift to you. It's to whosoever believes. You just release your faith and a river of God's grace will explode in your life. You don't need to be there. I cast down every single demonic stronghold and I lose you from the captivity in the name of Jesus. There's not a single demonic force that can withstand the advance of a church who knows who they are. Hey, hey, not even the gates of hell. And that's not all. Ha <laughs> ha. And that's not all. For two more box tops, you can have it. But don't you love it? That's not all. And that's not all. I mean, I've given you power to kick in all the gates of the enemy. And that's not all. Listen to this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I double dog dare you to not just lose your mind in a good way. You ready? You ready? <laughs> that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. There's a possibility after taking 44 courses, you might be walking in the front door. There's a possibility that if you show yourself good enough, he can give you access to the foyer. If you prove that you are worthy, he might even let you hang out near the barbecue. And that's not all. God himself. Who? God himself. God himself will give you complete and free access to God's kingdom. Listen now, the keys to open any and every door, there'll be no more barriers between heaven and earth and earth and heaven. Oh, yes. On earth is a yes. It's a yes in heaven. If it's a no on earth, it's a no in heaven. What an amazing piece of scripture. What an amazing little meeting that he had with his disciples on a smelly, dirty little corner over there in the Middle East with 12 guys. Jesus said, here's my master plan to change the world. And you know why you're here today? You're here today because those 12 guys believed it and they started to operate in it. There's churches all over the globe today because that little meeting, those guys embraced that meeting and they said, yes. We got to say yes in our generation. We got to say yes today. We got a responsibility right now to serve that purpose in our place, in our realm. We've got to demonstrate, right? So there's four things we talked about last week. First is blessing. You got to have blessing. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. The blessing of the Father, look it up. What is the blessing of the Father? At Pentecost, the blessing of the Father was poured out on the church. That was the blessing of the Father. Jesus said, don't try to do a single thing. I mean, I taught you. I opened your mind to understand all the scriptures, but don't, even though I did that to you, don't leave Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. Don't try to do anything without the blessing. But folks, you have the blessing. You don't have to tarry for it anymore. You don't have to jump through hoops for it anymore. He has blessed you. The Holy Spirit, the anointing, the power of God, the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is a gift. When's a gift not a gift? When somebody says you got to earn it. It's no longer a gift. You had to work for it. It's like, it's my pay. I did this. You owe me, big fella. I did. I checked the four boxes. Now bring it on. That's not a gift. That's work. 
A gift is where you say thank you and you walk in it because it's yours. And the one who spoke it, the one who promised he is faithful, he will not withhold himself. Hey, I hope there's smiles behind those masks there. All right, amen, amen. Blessing, there's, there's identity, I love it. He said, he's gonna, the father told you who I am, but now I'm gonna tell you who you are. And I, don't you love the songs we're singing now and the things, the songs we're singing today were all about kingdom. They're all about authority. They're all about your identity. Don't, don't you think God is even through the worship music? I don't even know if some of these songwriters know what they're writing, but they're writing songs right out of heaven right now because God wants you to start singing the reality of who you are. And he wants you, he wants you to sing it. You'll keep singing it. You'll start believing it. hey. It's absolutely true. So there's identity. You're a child of God, but there's power. Last week we talked about kicking in gates. We talked about every time Jesus showed up at a gate, he dealt with that gate. He kicked in sickness. He kicked in death. He kicked every time he came to a gate, he changed the nature of the situation. And every time you come into a demonic gate, you boom, you have authority to change the nature of the situation. And everybody's struggle changes and the glory of God is revealed. So we are there, power and authority at gates. Now we talk about authority, and we're going to talk about keys, because it says you have access to God's kingdom. You have access to God's kingdom, keys to open every single door. Isn't that good? You've been given keys. He gives keys to the people of God. And you know, who do you give keys to? Who do you give your car keys to? Who do you give your house keys to? I mean, Jesus said, my kingdom, all that I am, my realm, everything that I am, everything it is of my person, my presence, my power, every resource that I have, he says, I give it to you. Holy moly, Batman. These are my keys. These are the ones I carry around all the time. This is the key to the car. It's a fob. Boom, boom. But, you know, inside there's also a key because if the battery blows up, there's a key in there that can open the door. And I still have a key in there. But that's a pretty neat key. Then I got, uh, I got the key to the back door. I got the key to the front door. I got the key to the church. I got the key to my office. I got the key to somebody else's office. And, uh, and I got the key to the soundboard. I don't know why, but I do, you know. I got a key to the inside office, the outside office, the front door. Those are all the keys I need. You know, there's somebody in my world that has a set of keys that looks exactly like mine. The exact same set of keys. Who do you think that is? It's my wife. If my wife pulled out her keys, they would look very much the same as these. Why? Because she's my bride. And you know what? Jesus got a set of keys. You know what he gave his bride? He gave his bride a set of keys. And you got a set of keys just like Jesus. you not got a downgraded set of keys. You don't have keys to do some stuff. He said, hey, you know what? You're my child now. You're my bride now. You're, you're my, my precious joy. Here's my set of keys just like mine. You can now go and open any door, lock any door, and you can have access to every single thing that I possess. Hey. Hey. And listen, it's not the keys to the kingdom, it's the keys of the kingdom. See, because getting in the kingdom is a gift, and the keys of the kingdom are also a gift. But the keys of the kingdom have to be activated. You have to use them. I got the keys, hallelujah, glory to God. I think I got the key over sickness. I don't know which one it is, but, but uh, apparently I, I read somewhere we got, hallelujah, thank God I got the key over sickness. <laughs> Well, do you know which one it is? Oh, uh, I think it's on here somewhere. 
Let me check. Let me, let me just uh, keys. Let me, let me just talk about keys. Let me talk about keys. We'll look at keys. Ready? So Matthew sixteen nineteen, same verse, but from the Passion Translation. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, of the kingdom realm, to forbid on earth that which is already forbidden. So you don't get to just go open and close things that you feel like opening and closing. There are things that are already closed. You've been given keys to things that are in the purpose and mind of God. So you have, you have keys to things which are already forbidden. You can unlock things that are, are already unlocked, and you can lock things that are supposed to be locked. So we are to make it on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven, there's things that don't exist because they've been locked down. In heaven, there's things that exist freely because they've been opened up. And now we've been given the keys to release all of that in earth. Can I get a hallelujah? But it has to be that which is. That's why revelation, and that's why the whole dynamic and context of Jesus' discussion with his fellow governors was about revelation. Because you see, if you got a whole whack of keys, but you have no revelation, who cares? If you got a whole whack of keys, and you know what? The body of Christ has a whole whack of keys. Because the keys are not earned, the keys are a gift. I have given you the keys of the kingdom. That means that there's something has to happen for us to exercise all of that. See, getting into the kingdom is a gift. He, he does it. It's an act of God. He does it for us. But then he gives you the keys of the kingdom that you're supposed to activate by faith. All right. So benefits of keys. Number one benefit of keys is authority. Keys are for authorized people. We were in here last night. I didn't know the worship team was, you know, doing some practice. It was good stuff. People training, doing voice exercises. They want to be better at serve the body of Christ, and I was here putting my little slides on for today, and they were doing that, and then Madeline was outside, and Madeline came to meet with her friends to do something after, and then all of a sudden, Madeline appeared inside the building, and I said, Madeline, how did you get in here? And she said, I, I got a key. Oh my goodness, so you're authorized to come and go anytime you like from this building. She said, I am authorized. There are all kinds of things that you're authorized to access, but you got to use the key. There are all kinds of people standing outside of their blessing. And you see, you can stand outside of your blessing and say, oh, please. I mean, Madeline could have been outside going, door, please open. Oh, I want to see my friends. It's so hot out here. Oh, God, have mercy on me. I've been a good girl all week. Please, door be opened in Jesus' name. God, open that door. Jesus! Use the key. There was nothing emotional about it. It's a legal thing. You're born again. It's not an emotional thing. It's a legal thing. It's a governmental thing. You see, legally you have access to the kingdom because of what Jesus has done. Legally, he has made you a king. You don't have to manipulate God. You, don't, you can manipulate others with your tears. It'll be a wingnut if you want. And if they'll let you manipulate them, they're stupid. The keys even to a good relationship are not manipulation. Use the keys. If you want friends, be friendly. Use the keys. You see, an access to every good thing in your life has nothing to do with emotional manipulation or, or, or stupid stuff like that. It has to do with you understanding that to every aspect of life, there's a key. To every aspect of what God has called you to, use the keys. And it's plural. It's not key. It's use the keys of the kingdom. You've been authorized in every aspect of life. So I don't give everybody my keys. How many other people have keys to my house in this building? It's because I don't trust you. <laughs> That's not true. It's kind of true. It's <laughs> 
it's because I'm responsible. I don't want you to accidentally go to my house, leave it open, and somebody evil comes and steals it all, and then I have to hold you responsible. So I don't want to have that relationship with you. So, but there are, there's a whole set of keys at the door when you leave. You can all get a key to my house. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, there are some people, like we've gone away for weeks, we've been on trips or been on missions and stuff, and there was one time we were away and we gave Kevin and Julie the car keys, all the keys, just gave them the whole whack of keys. They were there and we said, you can watch our house, make sure nothing burns down, but please, when you're there, sit on the bench in the foyer and don't do anything else. Don't use the pool, don't go upstairs, don't sleep on a bed, stay on the tile foyer the whole time you're with us. No, I gave him keys and access to everything. Do you have any friends that have access? Here's the next thing. After authority, you have access. Let's see, there's our keys. That's the keys in the church there. That's a picture of those keys. So if we didn't have a, a, a menu for what those keys were for, we'd be lost. You'd be looking in there going, look at all these keys. But if we don't have a menu that defines what the keys are for, then those keys are useless. But see, you have a menu for the keys. You have direct revelation from the Father, you got the Word of God, you got the Spirit of God, you got direct revelation on how to use and exercise the keys to manifest in your life all that God has provided for you. Access, look at access. Access, you enjoy all of the Father's house. You, everything. God doesn't give you partial, you know, well, we, we, in stages God lets us in. In stages He trusts you. God gives you full access, but a boom. You are not brought into the kingdom as a child. You're brought into the kingdom as a full-grown son. That's what the Bible says. That's not what I say. That's what the Bible says. It's not a sonship of infancy. It's a sonship of divine adoption where he's entrusted you with all of his kingdom. Hello! You have access. So do I put on their fridge privileges? How many houses can you go to right now that you would feel totally comfortable to walk in, just open the fridge and take out whatever you want? How many houses? Do you, who's got a few of those? You know a few places you could do that. Who would feel comfortable coming to my place? Hey, Pastor Carl, how you doing? Good to see you. And just walking right in the kitchen, opening the fridge, going, mm, yeah, soda pop and a pepperette. Yum. <laughs> how many honestly would say, I would do that in a minute? That's really sad. You know, it, I sh it should be that when you come over to my place, you should have friends. You know, Glenn and Ingrid, they got a whole whack of people that have fridge privileges at their place. They're constantly just telling me, if we're not there, just go jump in the pool, have a swim, use the barbecue, take the steaks out of the freezer, knock yourself out. They straight up, I'm not kidding, they straight up said, you got absolute access to everything I own. Isn't that bizarre? My dad did that with us. My dad gave us full access to everything. We're, here's Cheryl. We just got married. I'm 22. She's 21. That was old getting married back in our day. You know, if you were 23, 24, why aren't you married yet, right? I mean, kids now wait until they're, what, 50? My God. Anyway, here we were, 22, 21. We go up to, you know, up to Lake Simcoe. My dad's got a big 37-foot boat. I know where the keys are. <laughs> big 327 Chevys. Oh, sounds so good. I pull her out up on the sky bridge I pull over to the gas pumps fill her up uh, how are you going to pay for that put it on the tab and I'll tell you those tanks are like 100 gallons of pop fill her up my god I never thought once who's paying for that my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills you know we'd go out we'd take that boat for the weekend come back and there's my dad waiting at the dock and hey when did you guys get here Friday and this is like Sunday now. I go, when did you guys get here? Friday. Oh, we didn't know you were coming. What'd you do? Oh, we went, you know, antiquing and got a hotel room. We had a good time. But my dad was more thrilled with, what did you guys do? Where did you guys go? What kind of fun did you have? He wasn't like, why did you take my boat? 
he was just so absolutely thrilled that my son has the courage to just vroom bye bye and we're out there on the boat there's people looking at us who's those kids and when i was 22 i looked like i was 15. i know now i'm like 50 something but i look like i'm 25 i know that so kind of back then i looked like a young guy but here's cheryl and i out on this big 37 foot cruiser hey what's up fill her up whoa and you know what you feel like you're the guy i'm telling you your father is the king of glory and you are the guy you are the girl you are flooded with glory opportunity and power and grace and he has given you the keys i got all kinds of keys up here so i'm going to do something very dangerous Are you ready i'm going to lock this right just a minute It's not a single, not a single thing that should lock you out of the kingdom. It's not a single thing that should lock you out of the blessing of your father. It's all yours. I'll give you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can kick in the gates of hell. And there's more. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, free and complete access to all that I have. Ownership, ownership, it's mine. Oh, careful pastor, it's God's ownership you see how did i treat my father's boat with ownership and my father let me take it because he knew cheryl would clean it better than anybody he knew honest to god he loved it when cheryl went to the boat because he knew the boat would be left in better condition than when it came from the factory but you know what when we had that it was like ownership it's like it's mine and it's yours listen i said it but do not fear little fox it's the father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom let me fly just quickly through a few things all right just really fast isaiah 33 5 to 6 the lord is exalted he dwells on high he's seated on high he will fill zion with justice and righteousness it says he is your foundation your store of salvation wisdom and knowledge say wisdom and knowledge he is your store of wisdom and knowledge divine revelation comes from him wisdom and knowledge the fear of the lord the honor of god the reverence of god is the key to this treasure the key it says matthew 23 13 but woe to you scribes and pharisees you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men you don't go in neither do you let them go in parallel passage same same story he's saying to them he says woe to you you lawyers teachers of law he says for you've taken away the key of knowledge you took away the key of knowledge you did not enter in yourselves you won't let others enter in There's there's people even in church that take away the key of knowledge from people you say I just I've just unpacked the key I think I can be healed oh stop with that only if God wills it healing's not for the day those churches are crazy there's people who take from you the key of knowledge but when you get that key that revelation you got to own it the parable of the seed and the sower it says it's been given to you insight into God's kingdom you know how it works not everybody has this gift or insight but it's been given to them who will seek after it's been given to them whenever someone has a ready heart for this the insights and the understanding flow freely and see this parable it says that the seed and the sower parable Jesus said if you don't understand this parable how will you understand anything you see when you get revelation when you operate in revelation when you realize the keys that God has given you 
When you start to flow in that and you have a heart that's open to that insight, suddenly you begin to manifest the secret things of the kingdom of God. And they're not secret because God wants to keep them secret. They're secret because God's not going to, he wants you to pursue it because it has to be by faith. But his desire is to pour it upon you freely and absolutely fully. Matthew 13, 23, the seed cast on the good earth, the seed cast on those who hear the good news, the seed cast on those who have hearts and ears to understand, it says those people produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. See, so this is all about revelation knowledge and activating the things that have been freely given you. And you've got to do it, right? 1 Corinthians 4, 5 and, uh, 4 and 5, I love this, 1, 4 and 5. Thank God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything, in all utterance and knowledge. By the grace of God, what were you enriched in? You were enriched in all utterance and knowledge. You've been given knowledge to utter things. You've been given knowledge to speak and release things over your life. This is good. I'm going fast, though, because our time is up. All right? So it's, it's, uh, this isn't on a slide, but the, uh, the Passion Translation, same verse says this, I am always thanking God for you because he's not given you such a free, he has given you such free and open access to his grace through your union with Jesus the Messiah. In him you have been made extravagantly rich in every way. You have been given and endowed with wealth of inspired utterance and the riches that come from your intimate knowledge of him. Such a great verse. It's in the notes. You can look it up after. It's online. But this is all good stuff. Say this is good stuff. Even if you got to say it by faith because I'm telling you this. Matthew 11, 29 to 30 take my yoke upon you and learn of me. The yoke is the governing power. It's the partnership of God to govern in the affairs of earth. And he says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you govern with him in your life, it is easy. It's easy. And I love the message. It says, it says come and learn of me the unforced rhythms of grace in your life. One last picture, and we're going to wrap it up. Boom, right there. That was a sad day. It was July the 1st. I woke up at 7.30. I went downstairs. We could hear a rumbling. And sure enough, a pipe broke in our sprinkler system. It was just repaired the day before. And one of the parts they put in was faulty. And it exploded. And for three and a half hours, water was spewing all over our basement. I said, Cheryl, get the camera. She said, turn it off. I said, get the camera. She said, turn it off. I said, I know how to turn it off. I just want a picture for the guy who put this pipe in yesterday. But you see, I did know where it was. Because once before in our house, a fellow was working on our pipes, and he broke a pipe, and the water flowed everywhere, and we didn't know where the shutoff was. So we spent all kinds of time going, how do we turn off the water? How do we turn off the water? How do we turn off the water? And we had a problem because we didn't have knowledge. There's a lot of people, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And he's given you the keys of knowledge. He's graced you. He's graced you with every empowered utterance to speak the revelation and knowledge of God into your circumstances situation. You can turn the key and you can unlock every circumstance. You can loose the kingdom of heaven. You can bind the influence of evil and you can be that king walking in glory on the earth today. Can I get an amen? All right, so I knew where that was. I knew how to turn it off. I did turn it off. We cleaned it up, and everything's okay. Everything's okay. But please, find out how to turn the water off in your house. If you got nothing else out of the sermon, get that one. Come on, stand up with me. Hey, 
come on. We still got more stuff to unpack about the kingdom. You're going to like it. We're going to get into the parables of the kingdom, unpack that. We're going to talk to you about the army. I mean, I used to like the song, we are the army of God, but we're really not. We're governors. We're, we're co-regents. We're co-reigning with him. And it does have an army, but it's not us. There is an army, and he's the Lord of the army, the angels of heaven. And we got to learn that, that those, that whole realm is activated by us and with us, and it's powerful stuff. So we're going to talk to you about the kingdom and, and every kingdom. Do you know every kingdom here on earth, they've got an army. Except for Canada, we have a few foot soldiers. <laughs> just like but you know, I want to learn, help you learn what about that army, what's going on. Because sometimes there's things that you think you're fighting against that, you know, you just got to go, hey, get that dealt with over there. Boom. Anyways, there's a lot of stuff still to unpack, believe it or not. And we're going to layer upon layer understand our identity, who we are as kingdom people. Can you bow your heads and God pray? Listen, if you're here today and you wandered in and just came and said, look at that, a church open, wow. You know, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know who you are. Jesus wants to announce to you that you're a child of God. You're a forgiven, blood-washed child of God. And he wants you to understand that you're fully a child of his kingdom and bring you into the full benefits and rights of a child of the kingdom. If you don't know that and you say, man, pastor, I want to experience what you're talking about today. I want in on being a child of God. If that's you, could you just put your hand up right now? I'm going to count to three. You ready? One, two, three. Bam, put your hand way up in the air. Way up, way up. Maybe you're watching online, or you're there, or you're on the Chesterfield, or, or we did have a hand over here. We got a hand over here. Uh, if you're on the Chesterfield at home, does anybody say Chesterfield anymore? Somebody's going, I'm on a Chesterfield? What's a Chesterfield? In my world, that was a couch. Or you're on a chair. Maybe you're standing, watching the service, whatever. Maybe you're going to watch it three days from now, whatever. If you don't know Jesus, he loves you. He forgives you. He sets you free. He lifts you up. He seats you with himself in heavenly realms. You're a child of God. I want you to embrace that. I want you to announce that Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Pray with me. We're all going to pray right now, and you pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that I am forgiven that I am healed, and that I am free. I receive you right now as my Lord and my Savior. So release your goodness in my life. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to bless you, love you, pray for you, and let you go. And if you go out kind of a row at a time, a few people at a time, don't crowd each other and all of that stuff. And then online, please go to the, go to the lobby online. There's people who actually want to see you. They miss you. They miss, miss your face. You can go to the all access pass and click lobby. Man, I used to, I used to see Glenn and Ingrid at the lobby all the time, but now they're right here. I see their faces behind those screens right now, but I can see their smile. <laughs> But it's so good to see you guys in the house. And please don't be afraid to say, hey, we'll, we'll only come once in a while so other people can get in. There's still a few empty chairs. We can still fit some people in. And you know what? We would do two services, three services, four services. We're working on things to try to do something for children. We're trying to work that out with families. Because, you know, I think church needs to gather. That's me. That's just my opinion. And uh, I think we can do it in a safe way where everyone feels okay. And But I honor you. If, if you are like, I'm not ready, Pastor, I absolutely totally get that too and we want to honor everybody wherever that's not like it's not like hey i'm more free than you i'm really not uh, we want to honor you wherever you're at but but you know church starts at 10 gather online gather here physically let's continue to gather as a church and manify manifest that there's a great community so i want to tell you one more thing this building is sold we are looking for a new property we are going to be moving at the end of april and that'll be honest before we know it but we're going to build a big monstrosity of a church that fits so many people well why bother there could be COVID forever. There's not going to be COVID forever. There's going to be a 
great big massive group of people lifting Jesus higher and London will be saved. London will be filled with the glory of God. And so I'm not, I'm not living out of what I see. I'm living out of what I know. And what I know the Almighty has told me that we have a responsibility to pastor this whole Middlesex region and beyond. Impact churches are going to pop up everywhere. We're going to see a massive demonstration of His goodness. And we just bless you all in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen?